Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. <laughs> I cannot wait to introduce you to our friends, Hillary and Marshall. So these two, they are a dynamic duo. They are a couple. They are viral video creators. Here's probably the only thing that you really need to know. They have amassed a total of 800 million views on their videos, 800 million. And they do that across a lot of different platforms. They both have Facebook watch channels. Hillary's is called The Hillary Show. Marshall's is called The Marshall Show. But they work together and they. one of the things that happened here recently is that Hillary went from zero to 500,000, zero to 500,000 followers on TikTok in 60 days, about 60 days. She now has over 870,000. She's had 19 million likes there. And so we're just going to talk about that. <laughs> They're close friends of ours. They are also clients of Brand Builders Group. Hillary is also one of our strategists. And so this was like, wait, what? What? What the? Wait, what? So anyways, here to talk to us about that, Hillary and Marshall. Hey, Rory. Thanks for having us, Rory. (laughs) Excited to be on it. You guys, I mean, you're killing it. You are freaking killing it. And I love you. And I'm so jealous and mad at you. (laughs) So I need you to teach me your ways. So let's just, you you got me. All right. So talk to me about TikTok because I'm not getting it. Why did you use the platform? How did you get started? How in the world did you get a half a million followers in two freaking months? I think. I've got like 50 likes in two years using (laughs) this thing. So tell me your ways. It's so funny, Rory, because I go back to attending like the revenue engine and the high traffic strategies events where we talk a lot about the power of being first to market, right? And we have a really unique situation right now in the world with platforms like TikTok, like Clubhouse, where personal brands have the ability to actually create a foundation and grow upon that in ways that you just can't do nowadays on YouTube or Facebook or even Instagram. And I was probably the most vocal person in as a, as a strategist and as an attendee that didn't want to do TikTok. Mm. I was tired and I was doing all this other content and building my brand in other ways. And it just seemed like one more thing I got to do that I didn't want to focus on. And I think that this really came down to a divine intervention (laughs) of forcing me to take time away. So what happened, you know, our our primary platforms are on Facebook. And the week that I decided to get on TikTok, the only reason I did that is because there was a glitch on the Facebook platform, Mm. which essentially demonetize my page because of something on Facebook's back end. So we were not able to make any money on it for an undetermined amount of time. Potentially, they didn't know how long it would take to fix this issue. And we had just posted a video that was going viral. And I was sitting there and I was watching us lose millions and millions of views and revenue. And it was making me 
batty. So I needed to do something to take my mind off of what was this mess that was happening over here and just decided, well, I guess now's the time. Let's make some TikTok videos. And I just started posting and repurposing content much like we do with the content diamond, old videos that I liked that I thought would work for the audience based upon what I was seeing on TikTok. And it just took off from there. It was, it was crazy and unexpected. And we did 400,000 followers in 40 days and then half a million in 60 days. And now we're, we're on pace to hit a million followers by next month. Wow. And do you think what I hear you saying there is it's not so much, Oh, we came up with this amazing content exclusively for TikTok. You're repurposing content that you had in other places. When I hear you say that, and the, especially the reference to Clubhouse, you're saying that there's basically an optimal window that you can get inside these platforms and have this accelerated growth. I mean, is that true? Is that a big part of it or what? It's part of it. I think there is definitely when a platform first gets going, they're trying to get creators excited. And the best way to do that is to get things going viral. You reach a point of saturation to where that doesn't become as optimal anymore. And now you have to make the way for revenue streams like advertising. TikTok, however, I will caveat as saying is an interesting use case because they came out even recently in the past couple months and specifically said, we want, we are giving people content we think they want to watch. It's the only platform that defaults you to a feed based upon what they think you want to see, not who you follow. You actually have to scroll to a different area to see the, only the people that you follow. Mm. So they are trying to keep themselves more open to profiles exploding if it deems that that's content that people want to see. So I would say the ability to grow a following on TikTok is good. It's still very good right now and probably mm. will be for a little while. Interesting. And I, I would also add to that, Again, this goes back to one of the tenants that we talk about all the time in Brand Builders Group, which we got ourselves into this predicament where we had put all of our eggs into a piece of rented real estate, right? Mm. We were betting on a rented real estate as to holding our revenue stream. And with a glitch, everything went away for a week and with through no fault of her own. And, you know, and the platform was working very hard to fix it. But that is also a piece of just remembering that you want to make sure that you are owning those relationships and how can we own those over time. So we're not just driving people to a revenue stream that we don't have control over long term. And that glitch that you're talking about was not the worldwide glitch where Facebook went mm -hmm. down for four hours. This was another one that was only on the back end. For, for people creators. like you that were like creators that have monetized, because you have to have what, like 10,000 followers on your watch page to be able to monetize it, something like that? Yeah, there's a whole, getting monetized on Facebook is a very difficult process. It's not just objective. There are a lot of mm. subjective qualifications with it as well. Gotcha. So what about, let's talk about revenue on TikTok. So I'm curious about, other than the broad awareness kind of thing, how do you actually make money on TikTok? I guess I understand a couple components. I understand the idea of, hey, a lot of people are hearing about me the same way they might hear about anybody. And from that, there's some runoff in terms of like recognition that you can parlay into other things. And then I also understand brand deal. I have a large platform. And so somebody pays me some money to talk about their product or company or service to my audience. Is that how you make revenue on TikTok? Or is there something else? There's also a creator fund 
that yeah. is very small right now that if you have over 10,000 followers, you can apply to become a part of. And that will ebb and flow and grow as they figure out what their advertising model looks like. Yeah. So if you're running through like the basic paid acronym, right? So you've got products where you can be advocating, doing brand deals, doing product placements within your videos. You could be doing ads and affiliates. So ads is essentially the creator fund, right? Because they're putting a basic ad on the front that you see when you log in. It's not on a specific piece of content that might shift in the future. We don't know where that's going. We highly recommend that anybody that meets the criteria for video hours watched in the followings should apply because it's just additional monthly revenue that's coming in that you don't have to worry about and you can withdraw. I think it's every 30 or 60 days. Then you have affiliates, right? So a lot of products will give you an affiliate link. You can put that in your profile. You can say, hey, I love this type of makeup. Go to my link in my profile for my 20% off code. And then you get an affiliate check, right? For every one of your followers that can go there. You can drive information to courses. I know we have some clients, uh, brand builders that do that, that they'll utilize the content that they're doing on TikTok to push back to their websites, back to their courses, back to their one-on-one coaching. So their services, then you've got deals, right? For the D, which could be you're endorsing a product. You are saying, Hey, this is the best makeup I've ever had. And let me do a creative TikTok to show you that. So there's a lot of different ways over time that you can monetize that outside of just building a following. I will also say, and I think we're going to talk about this a little bit, but going into the future of how influencers, I, I really dislike that term, but how influencers are able to monetize, we're seeing already that the big content creators, right? Like the Logan Pauls of the world, the top TikTokers, they are getting acting deals. They are getting huge spokesmodel deals. And they are able to take and monetize off of that platform because they have such large followings. Like back when I was an on-camera host, it used to be I'd submit my resume to a network or an agency or a company in the hopes that they would pick me based upon my talent. Well, now talent is table stakes and your content and your personal brand is table stakes. And now it's a matter of what else can you bring to these opportunities to show that you can add a value and make something take off. And I think that long term, we're going to see that play out more and more into monetization strategies for content creators. Yeah, I mean, I noticed that too, that it's like, it's not just about who's talented, it's about who can bring an audience. And yeah. There's a huge part of that. And now that we all have our opportunities to bring our audiences to things that has real value and you're seeing people get cast. You know, the thing that AJ and I noticed recently was on The Voice that Ariana Grande has like, she has hundreds of millions of followers and she was the new coach. Meanwhile, Blake Shelton and Kelly and John Legend, who are in my eyes, much more well known to the majority of the generations, have only four or five, like, you know, a few million followers. And I, I can't help but think that's not an accident that she got herself cast for that fourth coaching spot. I mean, another great example is Only Murders in the Building, which is our current, or I guess we just finished a TV obsession with Steve Martin and Martin Short. I mean, two of my all-time favorite actor comedians, but the third party is Selena Gomez, the second largest following on all of Instagram. And there's so many people, especially younger generations watching this show because of Selena, who had no idea who Steve Martin and Martin Short were. And so it's a really great, and the chemistry is great. It's a really beautiful example of what that can look like when done well. I think it also speaks to, and we talk about this a lot, Rory, in Brand Builders, whether it's with a book, 
right? Whether you're speaking career, whatever you're trying to do, we want to show that you have a profitable business model, right? And if you're able to bring a following to that book proposal, if you're able to bring a following to as a keynote speaker, you know, whether it's through YouTube or whatever that particular revenue stream is that you're trying to build through your primary business model, that is attractive to whomever you're trying to work with. So this applies across industries, I believe. Yeah. On the topic of building an audience, one of the things that I know has been a little bit of a pain point for y'all and for a lot of people is the intellectual property discussion about TikTok. And there are some strategies that people use to grow a following that kind of go in the face, you know, of some of this copyright stuff. And I think that's one of the things creators were worried initially about TikTok was like, oh my gosh, like anyone can take my video and post it on TikTok and now it belongs to them. So what are some of the things that you've learned there in that kind of like IP, intellectual property, copyright sort of world as it relates to TikTok specifically? Do you want to start with that one, former IP? Why don't we yeah, well, take as a, a, former, as a, former a former lawyer, uh, yeah, Cease, former IP would, attorney? Would you like to officially comment? <laughs> so, copyright. And there's a big misconception around this. A lot of people have with copyright. As soon as you publish a work, you have copyright protection. Now, you can also go a further step and register that with the copyright office with the government. You don't have to to have protection. So, once you publish something, say on YouTube or TikTok or Facebook. You have a date and a timestamp that has been released to the general public. You have copyright protection in that. Now, enforcing that is an entirely other bag. And some of the platforms, Facebook has a really great rights manager where they will track and look for similar videos and show them to you. So you can say, hey, yes, this was approved or no, this was not approved. Not every platform is developed and sophisticated enough to have that. Interesting. Yet it will go there. It's coming. And so we are very active about takedowns. And Hillary can probably speak to the takedown side of things, but that's an important part. And also a large reason why we put our content on multiple different platforms to kind of, you know, put our stake in the ground and make sure there is no, I don't have to show YouTube that we put on Instagram first, you know, if you're putting it everywhere at the same time. I think there's a couple of misconceptions that we get pushback on, which I would like to clarify for people right now to help them and and to help us too. One, just because something's out in the public does not mean that it's in public domain. (laughs) (laughs) That is not what public domain means. And that is something that we get pushed back on a lot is, what do you mean? I found this on TikTok. It's in the public domain. No, it was publicly shared. That does not mean that you get to put it out on your own platform. So Marshall, what is the definition of being in public domain? Just so we can all get through that Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) A copyrighted piece of work goes into the public domain, which is a legal term, 100 years after the author's death. So we can all safely assume that anything that has been created for a video on YouTube, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, it's not going public domain anytime soon, <laughs> <laughs> not in your lifetime, most likely. And then the second piece is, and I, I think, think a lot, lot of people misunderstand that. I really, totally. I mean, totally. So you're welcome to quote the Bible freely, but <laughs> yes. nothing yes. on social media ever. So, but you have, but that's sh- why the Van Gogh exhibit is so popular. You've seen the Van Gogh exhibit is popping up everywhere because Van Gogh's works just went into the public domain. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we're going, we're going next week. There you we're go. Going to a that- Van Gogh exhibit in Nashville next week. That's because we hit the 100-year mark after his death. Yay. So You're welcome. 
so with that, I think something else that a lot of new creators when they come on the scenes don't do is they don't read the community standards on the platforms in which they're creating on. I think that that's is- pretty safe to say, Hillary. I don't <laughs> see anybody reading the community guidelines like, let me scroll down 73 pages here and figure out what all the garbled gook says. Pretty safe Absolutely. bet. And that's okay. But with that, there is a very specific community standard on every single platform. This this applies to every platform. So whether it's TikTok, whether it's Snapchat, you are not allowed to post somebody else's content without their explicit permission. I will say it again, because I know a lot of influencer gurus out there tend to push this idea of just jacking a viral video, downloading it, and re-uploading it to your own platform as a way to build your following. If you do that, you are in direct violation of community standards for any platform. And the law. And the law. throwing that out there. And the law, which means that if you were to somehow make money off of that video, we can come after you for damages. So that's like worst case scenario for you. Best case scenario for you is we get that video to taken down. We can also, because platforms are now trying to prioritize and protect their creators and work with their creators to protect their IP. We have taken down accounts with millions of followers because they have continually again and again posted videos of ours without our explicit written permission. So you need to license that content from another creator if you're going to do that. And that needs to come with written permission and possibly even payment of some sort if that's what they want. So it's just safer to create your own, everybody, because we have and we will take down accounts for stealing our stuff. I mean, I see that all the time. A lot of times it's like puppy dog videos or military videos or like being these really heartwarming videos. And you're saying that I think it's tricky. So A share button, like hitting the share button is okay, but not downloading the video and then reposting it to your account. Like technically put it this way. If you're utilizing the tools within the platform to share and or create with something, then they have built that into the terms and conditions that we as creators have signed and agreed to when putting our copyrighted content onto their platform. If you are doing something that requires a plugin, or some sort of external third-party website, or you're having to rip something or download something, I can pretty much tell you right now that will not be okay. Because what's happening is when you use the share button, when you're using the retweet button, when you're using duet features on TikTok, you are still giving credit. I haven't heard of that one yet. Duet features on TikTok. I need you to explain that, but I kind of get the gist. Anyways, keep going. (laughs) So whenever you use a feature that's built into a platform, you're still giving credit to the original creator. When you take something from somebody else's page and re-upload it organically on your own, you are saying that that is your video and that you own that video. So you have the ability to post that video, which is untrue. And that is a violation of our IP. Does that make sense? I mean, everybody does this. I mean, everybody does. I mean, I like major, major celebrities and huge accounts. And And we've done takedowns on celebrity accounts too. (laughs) I've always said the video industry is just slightly lagging the music industry. As a musician, I went Mm -hmm. through this in 2001, 2002, 2003 with Napster. Mm -hmm. And look what happened to the industry. You know, it took having to find an entirely different business model to truly kind of get pirating out of the mainstream. And there was nothing legal about it. That didn't mean that everybody wasn't doing it. So it's really a matter of, what types of digital rights protections can be put in place. I'm actually very excited about blockchain technology for this purpose, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> and there's video is going to, is going to have to 
figure it out as far as that type of But you guys had, you actually had, if I remember right, I'm not major, always TikToker, but you guys had a video about parallel parking. Wasn't there a parallel parking video that you posted on Facebook that went viral and then somebody else posted it on TikTok? Like how many- It didn't even do well on Facebook, which was the very frustrating part for me. Oh, that's interesting. And I had written it off as a bad video Mm -hmm. and somebody else took it and put it up on their TikTok. I didn't post it to my TikTok because I thought that it was a bad video and we lost 40 million views and there was national press, international press, all tied to this account that didn't own the video. We took down the account. He created a new account and we took down his account again. (laughs) And many people were very upset with us. We had, I think, 30,000 videos that of this particular TikTok that were uploaded illegally that we went through systematically and pulled them down one at a time. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. That's crazy. So, so, so 30,000 people like used whatever plugin or did a whatever tool they used to rip the video and then put it up. You have to go through that. That's what's so hard about it, right? It's like, who's going to sit there and do this for 30,000 videos? But the other concept that jumps out about that to me was how a video that didn't perform well on Facebook, the exact same video got 40 million views. Like, that's a fascinating concept to me to go. What we think is going, oh, well, you know, I guess it wasn't that good. It's like, no, there's more to the story here about the algorithms and how stuff gets picked up. And you just, I mean, what's the explanation for that? I think there's a number of things. And and what was interesting is even looking at the data on the back end of all of those stolen videos is that only a few of them had major views, right? But I Mm. I think part of it is depending upon the platform, right? Because TikTok to Facebook to Instagram to YouTube, they're all serving different demographics. And then depending upon your audience, right, on your profile, who are you serving? What audience is watching your stuff? So maybe we post it and it doesn't do well, but somebody else's audience is a better fit for it. There's just so many variables that can go into something like this. And I do see often that videos that do well for us on TikTok are not the same videos that are doing well for us on other platforms and vice versa. And I think part of that is just age group and what they want to watch. So what I learned through this experience is not to judge the quality of a video just because it's not taking off in one place, but to see how I can utilize it across multiple platforms and leverage that piece of content. What if you have videos that all consistently underperform on all platforms? Should I be worried (laughs) about that? Does that mean that I might have a crappy video? 
We should I, probably talk yeah. about how to make your videos <laughs> more consumable. <laughs> and that's something that I talked about. I, I did an article for Entrepreneur on 400,000 TikTok followers in 40 days. And that's one of them is, is, you know, really consider how the platform wants you to create and distribute content. When we talk about the content diamond, I think a lot of people mistakenly believe that they're just going to take the same video, you know, cut it down to the time requirement for that platform, throw it up and it's going to do great. But the truth of the matter is, you need to look at what are the tools that the platform's giving you on TikTok. It's giving you songs. It's giving you the ability to splice and do duets and, and utilize these trending sounds or these trending hashtags or these even trending ways of compiling your videos, right? And you have all these different fun things that, that you can do with your content. And I think it's really important to look at that. You know, Instagram has primarily been square. With TikTok, it's all vertical video. YouTube has primarily been more horizontal video. So being able to understand the way that the platform wants you to consume and wants you to utilize content is going to be a big player, I think, moving forward, especially as they're all trying to differentiate themselves. Yes. Yeah. So on that note, in terms of a video on TikTok, like I think about a video that I maybe post on YouTube. I mean, other than kind of knowing, hey, maybe the audience skews younger, although I feel like that's probably changing or destined to change here before mm -hmm. too long people are jumping totally. over is there anything i need to know about how i should edit my videos on tiktok or and then i, I would say the other thing is kind of like the features are there certain key features like you mentioned a few of these duets and trending sounds and trending hashtags what are those do you want to take this one to start no you so I think for starters, like a great thing for you to do is just go to the, for anybody is to go to their for you page, which is what your TikTok's going to send you to anyway, when, as your landing page, when you open up the app and just start scrolling and seeing what's working. Right. And I think you'll find when I first got on TikTok and I showed Marshall, his response was, oh, it's human cartoons. That's what this is. <laughs> nice. Yep. And so yeah, Sunday comics. Got so, it. Yeah. So our question became, how do we make even these difficult or deep topics? How do we make them cartoonish? How do we make them more over the top? There's a couple of clients with brand builders that have very serious topics that they're dealing with, whether that's death or divorce and these really traumatic events. And they're able to take those topics and find ways to poke fun at them or find ways to poke fun at themselves as moms and just making it more of that lighthearted. I think also on TikTok, at least because the platform was built on under a minute initially, you're going to have much quicker edits than you would have on another platform. I'm going to uh, pull a pandemic moment and go let our dog in so because sorry. we all live oh, in this world now. Nice. So I'll be right back. <laughs> nice. He says, let He's me just in. I don't know if you all can hear him, but he is just downstairs and making a ruckus. Just and we, so we had a conversation before we started this of, okay, let's just hope he makes it through without, without all, barking at us. It's all good. Um, we hear it faintly, but tell me about those features. Yeah. So the light, the yeah, quick, I'm just going to pull some up for you right now. Yeah. The quick cuts make sense. The lightheartedness. I mean, that makes sense. So when we come to one of the other things that's interesting about TikTok is that you have this discover tab, which is you have your home tab and then you have a little discover tab and what the discover tab will do for you, which I think is so fascinating in comparison to most other platforms is it will tell you now Twitter does this too, as far as like, here's the trending hashtags, but what TikTok does for you as far as how we understand it, as these are the hashtags that it wants you to create content around because that's what it's pushing out right now. Oh. So you can go through and look at, okay, we got hashtag arts and crafts, hashtag relationships, hashtag productivity, and you can go and see 
what's trending within those and make content that fits within those topics. So that's a really interesting feature that TikTok's actually encouraging you to utilize that. There's also, again, something back to the people. You're just saying you click on the discover button on the bottom and all those hashtags, if you're going to use a hashtag or if you're going to create a video natively for a platform, it's like use one of those. If you don't know what to create, I would go to the discover tab and it'll give you 30 to probably an unlimited number of hashtags to utilize that it's currently trending and pushing content for. TikTok also has some really great creator resources online Mm. that give, again, nobody reads just like the terms and conditions, community guidelines, but they tell you how to succeed on the platform. Like do this immediately, make this your first shot, do this and then this, and then they'll tell you how to create and construct a good video that will work well on their platform. It's, you know, beautiful kind of PDF and other types of, you know, you're saying on that, just on TikTok's website. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, and that's, I think, the thing that a lot of people don't understand when they first get onto a platform is that these platforms want you to be successful and they're doing what they can to try to help you, especially when you first create a new account. You might notice that your first videos get more views than your subsequent videos. And what the platform is trying to do is trying to get your account to push off. So we talk a lot about saving the best for first when you're not dealing with you know, a sales audience. Same thing. What are the videos that you have? How strong can you come out the gate? How consistent can you come out the gate to let the platform help you and utilize that natural momentum? And I think that's one of the things that really worked for us or worked for me when I started my TikTok page was we had really strong videos out the gate and TikTok was able to run with those and gave us that initial boost that we were then able to continue to build that momentum. How frequently were you publishing? I think when we first started, I was doing a video a day. It was not that frequent. It was a video a day. And then you reached a certain point, I think two weeks in and you started to do every other day Mm -hmm. and kind of slowly started to dial into what was a sustainable rhythm. Yeah. And I think what's also interesting about TikTok is that maybe unlike other platforms, although I don't know, I feel like it's all changing with TikTok. I think there's a misunderstanding that if a video doesn't perform right away, then that means that the video is a dud. But the truth of the matter is, is that it can take a few days to a few weeks for a TikTok to take off. And then when that happens, the ones around it that you put out will get a boost. Right. And so I would encourage people never to judge the performance of a TikTok based upon like on its face, how it's doing, but just keep creating and just keep putting out consistently. And again, there's a lot of things. TikTok is also interesting because of its age demographic, how the platform is trying to protect younger viewers and certain requirements that it wants you to have with video quality lighting in order for the algorithm to be able to know that the content is safe for younger viewers. And this is all available on their website. And this is just one of those things of if you are serious about being a creator, spend an hour and go read through all these materials and it'll tell you how you need to set up the shot to make sure that the algorithm doesn't accidentally deprioritize a video because it can't even see what's going on in the shot. Right. Something yeah. as simple as that can that can deter some fascinating. Audience. I mean, even as you guys talk, like you can tell, like you mentioned earlier, you don't like the word influencer. And it's like the word creator is a much better term. I mean, you're reading these stuff. You're familiar with all the policies. Like it also strikes me as it's very professional. It's a job. You're tracking things. You're doing it consistently. Like this is not a, oh, I just like make some funny videos like in my spare time and throw them up there. You're working at this. And I think it's important for people to see that just like working at anything. And right when you start anything, you have to work hard and fast and consistently. And there's just like some 
natural velocity that you got to create early on. I do have one more question in terms of advice for new TikTokers, but before we do that, where do you want people to go if they want to link up with you guys and get connected to you and maybe watch some of your viral videos? I think the best place to go is probably just my website because you can find all the links there, hillarybillings.com, H-I-L-A-R-Y-B-I-L-L-I-N-G-S.com. That'll have all the links to everything. And you can also get my free confidence download book as well, if you're interested in that. And we will take you on a journey from there. I like it. Well, we'll put links to that. So first, if you have someone that's new to TikTok, I mean, you mentioned like the ha- the discovery trick is pretty cool. I actually was just noticed that for the first time the other day. You mentioned duets, which I have never heard about. I'm going to have to figure out that. But like what else in terms of practical advice or things that we should be doing if we're new or if we're like, okay, I need to get serious about this? I think for anybody that wants to be a content creator across any platform or just in general, especially if you're new and you're starting off to this, it's really important to take an experimental mentality. I think especially early on in my content creation, I held every piece of content so precious and so close to me and was basing my success off the result of that video versus the system that I was putting into place to make the videos. And we don't have control over what something does. But when you take an experimental approach and say, okay, I'm gonna make 30 videos and I'm gonna throw them all up there and we'll see what happens. And that's exactly the approach that I took when I started TikTok was, well, I'm gonna post a video a day. Let's try a different genre every day. Let's try this one, let's try that one and see what's working. And then at that point, you'll have a data set to then work off of and say, oh, interesting, these ones worked for me. Let me do more of those. Let's see what happens if I do more of those. Oh, those aren't working. What if I do this type of video in this genre or try this trend or try this TikTok dance? All of that can come into play. But I think that the art of mastery, and we were talking about this, I think it was last month, comes without holding that content so close to you. You have to be able to let it go and move on and let it go and move on in order to continue to become better. I love it. I love it, guys. Well, thank you so much for this. I mean, I learned a ton here. It's just crazy how the world is changing and looking at this. And I mean, TikTok is powerful. It's honestly, it's really good. At least mine is. It's serving up things that I'm actually interested in and funny and inspiring. And like, I'll tell you, it's a whole lot better than TV. It does a whole lot better of a job than TV does at (laughs) putting stuff in front of me that I want to see. So keep going. I mean, this is cool. I want to make sure we've got good people out there leading the world of TikTok creators. And you guys are awesome. We appreciate your wisdom. We're always cheering for you and we'll be following your journey. We love you guys. Thanks, Rory. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business 
isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 